Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and once again, I am joined by my friend, Aram, a.k.a. Aram in Toronto, which I'm calling you now. What's up, man? How's it going? Good, good, good. As I've said in the past, the reason why I call you Aram in Toronto is because you're in Toronto, but you're a Warriors fan from the day you could walk, born and raised in San Francisco, and like you really, really like like feel it, right? And this episode is about something that you know we feel really really strongly about the 2019 NBA finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors there's some unspoken unresolved stuff that uh, I think I think we just need to get off our chests there's definitely some things to get off our chest and I would say look I'm not looking to go total Cavaliers fan 2015 and say like, oh, if we had this guy, that guy, we would have won. I don't want to engage in loser talk. I'll say right up front, the Raptors balled out in 2019. Um, They played great. It was a really tough series and hard fought, janky defenses. They threw everything at the Warriors and they won. So good for them. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, we, we have talked over the last, uh, almost two years now about this series. And, you know, obviously it's was a big deal here. There's a freaking parade that it was like incredibly hard to get to work to that day. And, oh, you must have been mad. <laughs> I was, it was just driving me crazy. I mean, people were, people were fair. Like they didn't rub it in my face. Like they knew I was a fan, but didn't, you know, like I said, they weren't rubbing it in my face. Like they, people were genuinely happy here. Um, it really united the city in 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 ways that the city is almost like never united in that way. So um, good for the locals, you know, good for them. Uh, horrible for me. And so just like starting from the beginning of the series, like people, you know, that are your friends, you. Y- they must sometimes, some of them don't know you because they come up to you, and I've been here for 15 years, but they come up to you and they're like, who are you rooting for in this series? I'm like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so it was painful because it's like everybody around me is, it's obviously they're rooting for the Raptors. And I'm the, I just felt so much on an island. And this was also a reminiscent feeling too in, in the Giants runs to the World Series and the previous warriors runs as well it's like i'm watching these these games like they like all these teams got good after i left and you're just watching it alone on eastern time so uh (laughs) you watch these games and if they lose or they have a bad game you're up until like 2 30 in the morning you know and it's painful so uh this was extra painful to be here for me i I got so many feelings, man. I can't even talk. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have uh, bullet points? (laughs) No, it's just like this cloud of emotion that, uh, that I, that I have from, from uh, the what ifs of that game and that series. But I, I do agree with you that the Raptors, they played really, really well that series in the playoffs in general. And they had a good mix of, of veterans or, you know, and Nick nurse is a great coach, but to me, 
And and I agree. Like I'm not going to try to sound all Cavs fanish, but if uh, Clay and KD play that whole series, then it's moot. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like we can this. just get that out of the way. That I mean, that it's it's so obvious that, and, and you saw it in 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 the game that KD played. You know, eleven minutes or whatever. I yeah. mean that you you could like I'm just watching in my basement, and but you could feel how much that arena that crowd was just like shook they're like oh this is the real warriors you know Um, yeah so like unequivocally like i like there's just no way if he if he's playing it's over you know but you know you're you're right in terms of this cloud of emotion it's it is hard to organize your thoughts because you know the emotions of that final still are are remnant just like seeing those players like siakam and lowry or it's the siakam like little spin moves and scoring over draymond it's like oh here we go again oh he killed us in 2019 with that shit or like the lowry bullshit uh foul you know like he's drawing fouls Mm -hmm. like it's just so or van vliet hitting threes just all of those are they they bring those uh unpleasant memories back i mean i I enjoy watching siakam uh because now that he doesn't have Kawhi, like he's still good but people are like oh okay this guy isn't that (laughs) (laughs) at least that's the that's what i've been hearing my my question to you is do raptors fans in general I don't know many Canadian basketball fans, or at least I've never talked to them about basketball too much. And do the folks who are like real Raptors fans, do they acknowledge or do they realize how lucky they were or how they kind of dodged a bullet? Because, you know, like I say it, you say it about Katie and Clay, but you seem to think like everybody believes that. I mean, I've heard, I've heard it on the low post. I've heard it like, you know, from Simmons. And I mean, it, it seems obvious, right? Like sometimes I just feel like I'm a, a Homer, but it's, it's pretty clear, right? Like, do they, do they acknowledge that or do they know that? Or they're like, Ooh, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think the rational Raptors fan will, will, will think about that and be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 You know, um, but aren't all Canadians rational. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a, Terrible stereotype. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they're fans too, really, right? So they're going to say, like, no, we are, I believe in, I, in, in our guys. I, you know, Nick Nurse had the defense. He would have schemed it and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, we had Kawhi. And, and so I, I, I think that there's, there's a strong segment that, you know, believes in their team. And, and yeah, I, it's good for them. And, and, you know, to be fair too, uh, the vibe when you go to the Raptors game is really good. Um, it's Oracle esque. Um, there's a real kind of ascendant fandom in the city because it's generally a younger crowd of people mm-hmm. who follows basketball. Whereas, you know, hockey is more kind of older and white and right. Raptors fans are younger and more diverse. Right. Uh, and it's just, that reflects the demographics of the, of the area and so, you know, it's it's cool to see that and but I think the the people so the people who are big time basketball fans, you know, they'll probably grudgingly say, yeah, but they'll also say, yeah, but it wasn't fair that you had Katie in the first place. You know, like that type of fan. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not fair they wrecked the league. 
Those, yeah, I can't talk to those people. No, no. <laughs> there's nothing to say to them, right? There's nothing to say to them. I mean, and those are the same people who hated on the Warriors all those years. And the thing that killed me was there were some people on my softball team. I love them. We've been playing together for years. And, but it, it was like, uh, the, the, you know, before they got Kawhi, the, the Raptors had lost, I think, consecutive years to LeBron in the playoffs and getting mm-hmm. swept out or, or just being embarrassed. Right. And then, and then, and then when the Cavs were playing the Warriors, they would be like, Oh, I'm root for LeBron. It's like, what? You can't just root for the guy who beat you. Like, what? Why are no, you going you to so, so many like, like these, uh, mental somersaults to, <laughs> to root against the Warriors, like I, just, I didn't, I didn't get that at all. That was weird. I empathized with the uh, the Raptors and their fans every time LeBron and the Cavs like shat on them. You know, like, and they really, I mean, that they, it really was shitting on the Raptors. Like it was embarrassing. Wasn't there one year where the Raptors had the best? record in the league or maybe the yep. east only in but east, yeah. and but everyone knew you know once the playoffs came lebron was just going to to own them you know what i mean so like i was like oh man i was pulling for toronto and cuz you know i'm pretty indifferent to the raptors before the, the 2019 finals and i'm like hey you know oh, okay cool we're going to see them in the finals. I like Toronto. Uh, I almost moved there a long time ago. Um, and it has like, it seems to have one of the most diverse fan bases, at least the, in terms of the people at the games. Right. Cause there's a lot of diverse um, cities, but like when you look at like fans that are in the stands, I personally think the Warriors have a, have a decent amount of diversity. And then I think Toronto is like second, just off the random I test, you know, like you go you look at a Knicks game. I just think it's like rich white people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, this is going to be great. You know, we're going to kick their asses, but Hey, at least they made it to the finals. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, I hate the Raptors. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I, I hate, I hate Toronto fans. <laughs> I was like, oh, they actually are like talking shit as if they really belong here. <laughs> Oh man, I sound like a nut job. I, no, and you know that was the hardest part about it. It's just like with with Steph, I and and even this season, you know, I always feel with Steph, there's always a chance, and and I think that you saw that played out in the series, even though we lost. Like they they always had a chance because of what he can do, the gravity and all that kind of thing. Um, and so that that that's what was so hard about it. The other thing that was hard about it is. Um, I had been home in the Bay Area, I think, in in May of that year. So um, actually, it was during the Rockets series, and mm-hmm. um, and I think my sister gave me one of those flags that you put on your car, like uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Ooh, I can't <laughs> wait to put this on my car!" <laughs> like after they win, and it's like, yeah. and the thing is still wrapped up. I was so annoyed. Like, yeah, what am yeah. I going to do with it now? I, I mean, it, I, at least it doesn't say Warriors 2019 NBA champions. <laughs> it's not like one of those t-shirts they, they ship off to like a poor country or something. What are some of your uh, memories of that series? The things that, you know, you have to expunge from your soul. Okay. To- I mean, the, I, this is, <laughs> this is more the rational mind. This is the rational mind. They should have had Damian Lee on the roster. 
instead of Alfonso McKinney. Yep. I was yep. looking at Alfonso McKinney's stats. Uh, let me just call it up here. He averaged uh, two points per game on 31% shooting. <laughs> yeah. Oof is right. Like, they just had no shot makers. Um, I know Damian Lee hadn't played that much, but he did have a stretch, though, in the season where he was playing somewhat regularly. He showed his abilities. I think he was still a two-way guy then, but totally mm-hmm. was available to be activated. But I think you have to set your rosters at the beginning of the of the series. And I'm sure they thought, like, oh, McKinney, you know, switchy wing. Um he can get out and guard Kawhi, which he couldn't. He got destroyed every time he was on yeah, Kawhi. Yeah. Um, and McKinney was ca- coming off of a series in the Portland series where he played pretty well. So I understand the rationale. But it's like, well, maybe sometimes you need to go with the guy who can make a shot and who isn't scared. And when they would run that box and one, anytime somebody was taking a shot, you just, it's like, that's not going in. A- anybody besides Clay. Uh, it's like that shot's not going in. That shot's not going in. Like any of these dudes on the perimeter, like Quinn Cook, Jarebko, like they were all like, I'm sorry to say, but they were kind of garbage in the series, right? They they didn't yeah. make any shots. So, I mean, Quinn Cook, 30, 38%, 31% from three. He had, I think he had one okay game. Uh, Jarebko, 28%. I mean, <laughs> you know, get get that guy some help. Get Steph some help. I distinctly remember I have tons of emails where every email I have from you is has Damian Lee in caps. All caps. All caps. All caps. All caps. <laughs> and several exclamations. And I'll I'll give it to you, man. Like I I could have sworn though, like I, I thought that you wanted them not to take Jarebko um onto the roster, not not McKinney. But either way, I mean, you were right. Either way, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, McKinney, what I remember that guy was best at was like he could get up and get like a rebound. You know what I mean? That was it. You know, he couldn't crash a clutch shot. He he didn't have the quicks to to keep up with um, Kawhi. He didn't have the technique or whatever. Or the strength. skill. Yeah. And um, and Jarebko, like he – couldn't get in the games. And when he did, you know, all he could do was shoot three pointers that would miss, you know, he couldn't do anything else on the court. He couldn't defend. He couldn't do anything else on offense. And, you know, but it's crazy, right? Like who, who would have predicted that, you know, clay would have gone down and KD would be out. I mean, we always knew this team was a little top heavy, you know, throughout the yeah. season, right? Yeah. It's like, you have like these uh, three amazing scores, Livingston and, and Andre who could do their thing, right? Like play within their limits at that point in their careers. But then after that, it was like, oh, wow, it's it's really thin, you know? And Quinn Cook, I mean, that dude is best friends seemingly with everybody in the, in the league, but I cannot stand but watching not actually him play basketball. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, it was frustrating. It's frustrating to watch him play. I don't think he's a good player at all. And he proved that in the in the finals so yeah damian lee man like you are being proven correct well i'm um, still typing in all caps for sure so as long <laughs> as, i'm gonna ride this as as long as it can you know i mean when 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 people talk about who you know you got your regular season rotation is one thing but who can stay on the floor in the playoffs and yeah this was an ultimate pressure cooker the ultimate test 
of who could be on the floor. And ultimately, like it was like was like, okay, well, Steph, Draymond, uh, Demarcus Cousins. Uh, he yeah. showed he showed in the series. He couldn't jump, mm-hmm. but he could, you know, he did a little bit. Andre and Looney. And that was it, right? Well, I mean, and then Clay, but you know, he got hurt. And even even Sean wasn't good in the series either. Um, yeah, he yeah. was washed by then, you know. And and I, I I think that's what is always so emotional about it is that uh, that feeling of it slipping away. And I've I've talked about this before. I think on the podcast, I keep talking about it because you know I sound like a lunatic, but I do believe that there is a universe where if Clay doesn't get hurt in game six that he has he he was already having one of his classic clay thompson game sixes you know and he was showing all the parts of his offensive game and i mean he came down hit like a pull-up three which i just those are amazing shots and if he doesn't get hurt the warriors pull out this game the raptors choke under the pressure and the Warriors take it, and Clay is MVP of the finals. <laughs> I, I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe that. Like, you know? uh, I, he he says it himself. He was playing the best. He was the best version of himself, like as a player that that he's ever been. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And and I mean, the eye test proved that. The stats proved that. He shot. He was shooting fifty four percent, fifty eight from three 58% from three 26 points five rebounds two assists he was just balling out and they didn't have an answer for Kawhi and then once they started putting clay on him he made it a lot tougher on Kawhi so it was incredible to see him playing at such a high level and I absolutely agree uh we close out that game six and in a game seven against dudes who have been there before I don't know, man. I think we would have had a really good shot. I I really believe that. Yeah, I mean, anything goes in a game seven. You know what I mean? Like, so um, with all that momentum and a little bit of uh, a doubt in the back of these Raptors players, you know, even though they weren't all there when they would get whooped by uh, LeBron James, those doubts, those thoughts creep in, you know? And that's the thing about Clay. And his game at that point, and like when people talk about him coming back from the ACL and then coming back from the Achilles, they're like, oh, he's just, you know, spot up shooter. He won't lose his shot. But it's like he he was really he was he had like he could score at every level, all three levels. You know what I mean? His his post up, his mid range, his pull up, going to the basket, not the quickest guy, but like he was far more aggressive and he was far more skilled. He had more moves and he was just working so hard. Like he was becoming at age, what is 29? I don't know, 28, 29. God damn. Uh, He was becoming an extremely well-rounded player. And I don't know if we'll see that to that extent. I mean, I'm guessing no, just hypothetically, because you know, you're not going to be a hundred percent coming back from those two. And he'll be 30 or 31. It's just not going to happen. Right. And yeah, like we've talked about when KD came, we got robbed of prime Steph and we've gotten robbed of prime clay. So that's yeah. really, ah, that, that's part of the emotion. <laughs> that's part of the emotions too. Right. It's uh, we, we yeah. lost and it wasn't the best of us. Right. Um, yeah. Like 2016 that we lost and that was the best of us. Right. Um, with a little bit of, you know, uh, interference, external uh, ex- interference but we don't yeah, need to talk about that yeah, the, the, um, the, the, 
that's something else. <laughs> it's a different episode. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I it's uh, it, it's almost cliche to talk about the narrative, right? Right. But the narrative would be so different for all of these players, for this team, for the legacy. Uh, if he went for a layup instead of a dunk, you know, like he he went for a layup instead of a dunk, he he probably wouldn't have gotten so uh, upended. You know, like he made. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, do you think that was dirty? I mean, it doesn't look dirty, you know, Um, but like there was intent. But the thing is like, you know, you can make a play, like you can make a dirty play without looking dirty. Right. You can, all you got to do is be in the right spot at the right time. But obviously there's no um, intent. Like you're not gonna be like, I'm going to tear this guy's ACL. (laughs) It's more like just kind of being a competitive, like, to annoy somebody or whatever, but I still uh, hold a grudge against Danny Green. <laughs> oh, oh, me too. Like, I, there was a one point where they were like, "Oh, uh, Danny Green could fit in the 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 traded player exception." I was like, "No way! There's no way! I do not want him." Yeah, but um, yeah, man. Like, just again on 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 Clay, it's like that imaginary place where he doesn't get hurt. They win that game. Like, I, I really think, like, I mean, Steph was playing well. He carried them in every game, right? He was the only one who could. Who could. Uh, but if Clay brings them back from the brink in game six and then, you know, balls out in game seven, there's a, a decent chance he becomes a finals MVP. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm be- sure it would, ha- de- it would depend on what happens in, in game right. seven. But- yeah, and, and I'm taking many layers of, like, hypotheticals right this happens and this happens and yeah. that happens you know <laughs> but um, the narrative is is <laughs> definitely part of how they vote for those things right like the yeah. narrative fit for andre to to win that mvp when when you know i think as we get farther away from that and the more people look back at that and the more yeah. it's this question of like oh steph never won a finals mvp it's like looking at that's like whoa he was incredible. He should have won the MVP, right? Yeah. But at yeah, the time, yeah. it was like it's like it's so it's it that's the it is an annoying thing about the NBA. Uh, it's like it's so narrative driven because at the time it was like, oh, LeBron should win the MVP even though he lost. Absolutely, and you know we've always talked about narrative, right? Like I think we talked about narrative before everybody else did. I don't know, but. Um, I used to talk to you or at least over email and be like, Oh man, uh, even when the dynasty was like in its, uh, prime, actually after they lost to the Cavs, I was like, Oh man, we're going to turn into that Atlanta Braves of the nineties. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I, uh, like, I, I, I was like, it's totally like pissed off. I was, no, this is exactly what's going to happen. And the narrative is like, Oh, they, they were good, but not good enough. We're going to be like the Buffalo bills, you know, or, or that, that, that Patriots team that went undefeated, but, didn't win the Super Bowl. It's like nobody cares about right. that. They weren't the greatest team. Yeah, yeah. But that was, uh, yeah, I won't even get into that actually. <laughs> <laughs> Another episode. <laughs> that Raptors series, I guess I'm glad it was Toronto, you know, as opposed to like Cleveland again. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I don't have as much disdain for any other Eastern Conference teams because the Warriors never really played them, you know? it's It kind of sucks that, um, the two Warriors' losses in the finals had a lot of what ifs. I do actually want to ask you just 
curious, uh, unrelated to Toronto, when you run into people who argue that the Cavs didn't have Kyrie and Kevin Love in 2014-15 in the finals, do you think that is a fair argument when when you talk about like the Raptors winning or how the Warriors lost in 2016? You know what I'm saying? Okay, so uh, before 2019, I would always respond the way I would. I would respond to that by using Draymond's quote. I think he said, "Well, if I was seven feet tall, I'd be Anthony Davis." <laughs> like, he was like, he was like, well, you know, you could you could wish on these things all you want, but it didn't happen. It's not it's not true, right? Um, and then here we are speculating on all these kinds of things. Um, but I guess the difference is, is that whenever people mention the 2015 thing, like, oh, we had Kyrie, Kevin Love, um, I the way I talk about 2019 is I definitely always make sure to give the Raptors credit because like they for all of the reasons that we have already stated, they 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 won the series, you know? Um, so I, I do understand the impulse because I'm a fan. Um, Mm -hmm. and I do allow myself to wonder about these things, but ultimately I know that it's not going to change anything and it's not useful to argue about it either. Right. Yeah. So I think that as fans of this community of, of, you know, warriors fans and diehards, like we can talk about it. And if people want to think we're losers for it, that's fine, right? Like that's 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 part of that's part of it, I guess. Well, then they're losers for listening. That's right. <laughs> Go subscribe to something else. No, wait, no. <laughs> no. Stay, no. stay. We'll 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 turn around the loser talk. This is the but, only episode of loser talk. <laughs> but in terms of like the 2016 team, right? There, because a lot of Warriors fans say, "Oh, well, we didn't have Draymond for uh, game." six um or was game five game wait whatever it was game game five it was game five it was yeah. a closeout game yeah 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 and then we lost bogut in um game six uh etc cetera, etc cetera. and then like you know saying like those conditions are what made made the warriors lose and steph was coming off of his knee and Andre had like a bad back, so he couldn't dunk that shot or something. <laughs> um, actually, I think he says because J.R. Smith was in the way and and he would have dunked it, but like something, whatever, he was standing in front of him in a weird spot. But, you know, like that's what people say if you're a Warriors fan, but then Cavs fans will be like, well, we did have Kyrie and, and Kevin Love. Do you think that's, do you think that's equal? No, because... It was obvious that there was lobbying to get Draymond suspended. And yeah. that is not part of the game. Yeah. That's cheap. Like, you want to win that way? Like, he was obviously lobbying. We know who we're talking about. He was lobbying in the post-game press conference for directly for that. Like, who does that? And that's why, yeah. like, for all his like activism and non-basketball things. It's great. But <laughs> like, that's bullshit. <laughs> Cause that didn't have, you know, like what, well, that's not part of the game. Like 
you want to play you want to play the best right you don't want to play and you want to win against the best you don't you're you're a competitor you don't want to go against a weaker team right yeah 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 just yeah. Like, and yeah uh, i mean th- those series <laughs> were just so annoying you know because of him and the way he is and the cast Ugh. yeah yeah Come yeah on. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was so bummed that the Warriors lost when they finally didn't have to play LeBron anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> they, 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 they bring up different emotions. Those, those two series. I mean, the right. the 2016 is definitely about like the the loss of that or or the trajectory of that narrative. Yeah, um, and you and I have spoken about like. Oh, what would you rather have? Uh, back to back, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen championships, or the KD era? And I, I still don't. I still don't know if I have the answer to that. What's uh, your answer? I'll take twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like I, I loved the KD years, but again, going to the peak Steph conversations we've had. Yeah, that's. True. I want to know what a guy who won the first unanimous MVP coming off another finals, having made 402 three pointers in a season, changed the game at the height of his hype and the height of his powers. I would have loved to have seen that. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's one thing. Like I think the basketball world would have been better for you know as opposed yeah, to yeah as opposed to you know sure like people say oh it's great to see the Cavs come back no but what i'm saying is like in terms of basketball excellence hey you know you could have <laughs> that means kd doesn't come to the warriors right so people don't have to complain and whine about that but instead you have this uh 6-3 uh in terms of nba standards not the most athletic guy who is continuing to dominate, you know what I mean? Just out of pure curiosity as a basketball fan, I would have loved to have seen that, you know? And well, the KD years I enjoyed, but like, I mean, just like the players didn't seem to get as much joy out of it, I didn't either. That's for sure. That's for yeah. sure. I mean, it was great to see him up close and how amazing of a player he was. Honestly, that was one of the hardest things about being here, too, is like, I have nobody to talk to about this, right? <laughs> like, nobody cares, so especially in the years that they didn't play the Raptors. And uh, <laughs> and and just to go back to my softball team, so in 2019, like, I mean, as, as much as I thought their behavior about rooting for LeBron in the year before was weird, um, I have to say, I have to give it to them that they didn't rub it in my face, like, because... We play softball in the summer and all summer they could have they could have been on me for for beating the Warriors, but they didn't. And I think they talked about it ahead of time, like, yo, don't talk about the Raptors. Okay. Don't talk about the Raptors. <laughs> so I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't rub any sports in anyone's faces at this point. Maybe because I'm older and wiser, or I just have the scars of being a, a Warriors fan and seeing the heartbreak of of their losses and even Niners and Giants losses and A's losses growing up, you know, like, I don't know, maybe I, I just tend to like, I mean, a lot of sports fans, like they feel the losses more than they feel the wins, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like losses in terms of like the ones that you knew you should have won, like the Niners losing to the Vikings, you know, when they could have, uh, uh, 
uh, repeated, you know, or or uh, Roger Craig fumbling to the Giants, um, or even the Kaepernick Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, or, stop or throwing it there, <laughs> or the uh, Alex Smith uh, team that uh, I forgot who the guy was on the Niners who like muffed two punts, yeah, uh, you know, a few years back, or when the A's lost to the Dodgers, or when the Giants lost to the Angels, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I feel though <laughs> very, oh. very uh, 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 deeply to the to the core of my sports fandom. Is this uh, cathartic for you? Is this is this helpful? You know, because we've only talked about this over email. You know, I've I've talked about this to a couple people randomly, but no one no one understands it the way <laughs> no one understands the way I feel. Out of all my friends, uh, no one understands it the way you do. <laughs> I, I I think what you're saying though is that you remember those losses more than others. Uh, I don't think it'll ever not hurt. And you know, for people <laughs> who aren't sports fans, like they don't get that. Um, but they're not listening to this. So uh, the people who are, you understand that like it, it, it doesn't, it, it never stops hurting. I will say though, the only thing there was a different feeling with 2019 in that um, like, because we're so in our heads about narrative, like we, we could see the narratives happening, like playing out as the clock yeah. is winding down. Um, but at the same time, there was there was a lot of pride as a fan, um, the heart of a champion kind of thing. Like they had nobody, as we've talked about, they had nobody out there. You had and you had Looney with a broken chest. You had uh, <laughs> cousins with like he couldn't jump, and and they were they were fighting till the end. And so, th- in that sense, it was different than you know, some of the other losses, uh, some of the other painful yeah. losses, or it was painful in a different way. You know, there was at least a little bit of honor in it. One narrative that I didn't like was that like Kawhi was putting the end to another dynasty. You know, the way that people say he did that to the Miami LeBron teams and, and whatnot. I was like, Oh, come on. No, oh, come on. No, you know, and, and not even whether or not the dynasty ended, but uh, more just like, he was the reason, you know, like, uh, no injuries were the reason, you know what I mean? Um, and yes, injuries are, are a part of the game. Uh, but all of a sudden creating that storyline, I was like, oh, that's, that's not entirely fair. You know what I mean? But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> like you said, if, if you're not a sports fan, then what the hell are these guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> if you're not a Warriors fan or a longtime Warriors fan, what the hell are these dudes talking about? They could be taking a nap, you know, <laughs> instead of uh, uh, reminiscing about uh, a basketball series. That that shot of, of Steph sitting on the court while they're attending the clay, you know, oh, I was like, oh, man, I was like, this is very, very old school Warriors that their final game at Oracle is going to be a loss in the finals. Totally, totally. Yeah, I was like, well, isn't that nice? <laughs> isn't that fitting isn't that fitting yeah. i was like hey the, the basketball gods have not forgotten us that series also made me like dislike kyle lowry i know yes. he's a great guy and, and that's an irrational thing but like i used to want him on the warriors way back when i can't believe he's been in the league this long but i mean he's good enough but i just it seems like forever he's been in the league he's like 
poor man's Chris Paul to me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the way he. Yeah, that's a that's he, a good uh, analogy. So annoying, so annoying, and cheap. Yeah, and and the idea that I've, I've debated this with uh, other other folks is Kyle Lowry a, a, a Hall of Famer in your mind? Because I will say for me, oh hell no. <laughs> like the reason why he has so many All Star births is because he plays in the East, and the East mm-hmm. has been like far lesser in this age of point guards. All the point guards have been in the West, whether it's Steph or Russ or Chris Paul. I mean, and all the people that couldn't even crack the all-star roster, he made it a bunch because there's no one else there except for Kyrie. I mean, the Basketball Hall of Fame is weird. It's not as codified as a Baseball Hall of Fame. Like, Baseball Hall of Fame has Mm -hmm. a lot more history um and it's much more contentious right like you can go to like or it used to be you'd be like you hit 500 home runs you have these counting stats like you're a hall of famer but the basketball hall of fame is like well he kind of did this and he played in the olympics and you know he's good in college so yeah you know and he has a finals like win right yeah so it's kind of like uh some of these things it's like i don't i don't know if he's a hall of famer like i if i was to look at it as a like a baseball fan and just looking at counting stats, I'm looking at them right now. It's like, I would say, no, I don't think he's a hall of famer. Um, I think he's a you know, fringe, you know, like maybe, or if he has a couple more like great late career years. And I also don't know how to read these advanced analytics of basketball. So um, I'm just trying to look at his comparables. So, I mean, yeah, he might be starting to get in that conversation. I will say that from the local perspective here, uh, by now he's like, and and I think the championship and Kawhi leaving uh, definitely stamped Lowry as the greatest Raptor of all time, Um, which is not saying much because the team's only been around for, uh, you know, 25 years or, or so. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a hall of famer, but he's the greatest Raptor of all time. So, so there you go. <laughs> more than, more, even more than the amazing Daniel Marshall. Well, I don't know if you want to transition to this, but uh, <laughs> because so I've been yeah. doing some research, and I wanted you know because we were going to do this look back, I wanted to look at uh, who were the best players to play for both the Warriors and the Raptors. And because the Warriors have been around for, you know, since the forties, I didn't look at their all time (laughs) rosters. There'd be too many players. So I just went to the Raptors because they've been around for 25 years or whatever. And then I knew enough of the Warriors players that, so this is anecdotal. It's not exact, but of all the players that played for both teams. And um, so I went on basketball reference, looked at all time Raptors roster and picked out, the top 15 players, by my estimation, it's not uh, exact. Um, the, the people who I thought were the top 15 players. And kind of like you, what you've said before, is like, you know, these teams have very little history together. I mean, I think, you know, the biggest point of intersection in history or was, was there was the, the Vince Carter trade. Um, right. So the Warriors drafted him and then, and flipped him for on Antoine Jameson, um, which is the guy who <sighs> wanted apparently. Anyway, we don't have to rehash that, but whatever, right? And so Vince Carter never played for the Warriors, and it wasn't like a, 
I mean, that's just what it is, right? Um, but so he never played for the the Warriors. So I I wanted to try to look for who is the best player that played for both teams. And so um, the there's two players. There's two players on this list: Vince Carter and Jose Calderon, who I thought were good players, like probably the best out of these top fifteen. Um, but they didn't play for the Warriors, so we got to throw them out. And and then there's a few other players. So Barbosa played for both teams. Marco Bellinelli, uh, but he played for the Warriors in early in his career. wasn't very good. Muggsy Bogues, he played for us when, but he was pretty washed. Um, Jeremy Lin uh, didn't do much for either team, but played for both. Um, so going through the list, I'm going to posit that. Daniel Marshall is the best player to play for both the Warriors and Raptors in that he was the biggest contributor to both teams. Like he played several seasons, uh, played decently or had at least decent counting stats. And uh, whereas these other players would be like, oh, Chris Boucher took like three shots for us in in two games. And Chris, Mm -hmm. he's, he's balling out now. Uh, so that doesn't count. Like there were significant contributors. Uh, the only other, con- uh, the only other competitors I think to this is Jarrett Jack. He played two seasons for the Raptors and one mm-hmm. season for the Warriors, and averaged comparable stats for both teams. And then, if uh, if you like your narratives, or you're a ring counter, Patrick McCall might be the greatest. Uh, Raptor and player of all time <laughs> won championships on both rosters. But I'll say that I think Danielle Marshall is the best player to play for both the Raptors and the Warriors. I think I would agree with that because I can't think of anyone else. And based on your very, very specific uh, <laughs> parameters, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who else? Uh, I would say my. F- my favorite would have been Muggsy just because I don't know. He's five, three. He he wasn't very good for the warriors and that team was terrible in general, but um, you know, he at least played for both teams. So that that's, that's a huge thing, right? If if Vince Carter had played half a season for the warriors, then it's Vince Carter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, But yeah, Daniel Marshall, it just shows you that uh, he was, so mediocre that he got traded like when he was in the prime of his career. <laughs> was he traded from the Warriors to the Raptors? No, or was not he, directly. Uh... He he had some stops in between. Uh, how did how did Daniel was... leave the Warriors? I totally forgot. You know what? I think it was in a trade because he went to the the Jazz. Um, but I don't know who we got back. Um, but I. I don't. Did he leave as a free agent? I don't think so. Why? Why would you go to the Jazz? Maybe he did. I don't know. I have to look that up. Um, but maybe we got uh, Sheldon Anderson back for him or something like that. Uh, let's see. Uh, wait, I just googled it. We got. Oh God, it was four-team, nine-player deal. Ooh, did we get Felton Spencer? Okay, hold on. Four-team trade. The Warriors traded Donnell to, to Utah. The Celtics traded Dana Barros to the Mavs. 
Celtics traded Danny Fordson to the Warriors. Mavericks traded Robert Pack uh, and Hot Rod Williams and Cash to the Celtics. Dallas traded Bruno Sundov to the Jazz. Warriors traded Bill Curley to the Mavericks. <laughs> the Jazz traded a 2001 first-round pick, who became Joseph Forte, to the Celtics. The Jazz traded Howard Isley to the Mavericks, and the Jazz traded Adam Keith oh, to the Adam Warriors. Oh, Adam Keith. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, that is a that is a vomit of mediocrity. <laughs> wow. And Danielle's still probably the best player in that trade. Like I remember being really uh, excited about Danny Fortson. It's like, oh, double doubles. But, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't that excited. Were you, like, I was. Were you excited about Jason Caffey? I was. <laughs> I was. Championship pedigree. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, he must be good. No, I, I, I was. I'm a little older than you, and I was. I watched him play when I was in college in Chicago, and I was like, this guy's not. He's not the business. Um, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I will say that uh, the Adam Keefe. Um, I was still in college then. And so we drove up from Santa Cruz and I was like, uh, I was determined to get on TV. So if you had to like, you had to write like a witty sign. Right. And so like the two ones, the two ones that I did, um, and, and that was when lower bowl seats were super cheap. They're like, I think there was $17 and, <laughs> yeah. and, and then, so one of them was, uh, keep the ball away from Adam, so not not that good, <laughs> not, not not very good. But uh, the other one I'm pretty proud of uh, was um, I did it all for the Mookie because Mookie Blaylock. Oh, Mookie! <laughs> I've always pronounced it Mookie. Uh, <laughs> well, there was like that Mookie. song, right? Uh, uh, like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the worst songs of all time. Yeah, well, um, it was it was uh, very contextual to the time. Yeah, and yeah. Um, <laughs> I managed to get the attention of uh, you know, not the camera person, but you know, the dude that coils the cable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like the camera assistant, and yeah. we managed to get that person's attention, and we're like, "Hey, check out these signs," and we got a shoulder shrug, like kind of like. Eh, okay <laughs> <laughs> well i gotta say the first one i mean were you actually jeering adam keith <laughs> yes okay so that's not gonna make it man <laughs> well <laughs> i mean it's funny i if, if uh if i saw some some like you know college guy like with that sign i'd be like that's funny <laughs> but uh, i don't know if they would put that on on the air <laughs> might as well just have a sign that says like you suck. <laughs> <laughs> but this was creative. Um, you're another sign guy because Vubang makes signs as well. And I'm like, I've always been like, who are these guys that make signs? <laughs> Bring them to games, you know? Uh, <laughs> I only did it that one time. I was so let down. So let yeah, down by not getting He up. says he's only done it twice. That's like the always the first thing he says. Like, I only did it two times. And you're like, I only did it one time. <laughs> My response, sure. <laughs> well, this um, is—I'll—I'll I'll tell you. You know, NBA 
NBA rosters have a 15 player roster, right? Uh, the fifth active 15 player roster for this year. Uh, if it was, so this is my all time team called from that whole list. So this is just in uh, alphabetical order. And I know we threw out Carter and Calderon, but I'm just going to leave them on this list. Um, mm-hmm. So this is my, this is the alphabetical order of the top 15 players. If I was the GM. Uh, so Leandro Barbosa, and we're throwing out those kind of rules about like, were they washed or did they play? So Leandro Barbosa, Marco Bellinelli, Muggsy Bogues, Chris Boucher, um, Jose Calderon, Vince Carter, Jarrett Jack, Jeremy Lin, Danielle Marshall, Patrick McCall, Alfonso McKinney, uh, Mikel Petris, Carlos Rogers, uh, Cliff Rozier, rest in peace, and Jason Thompson. So pretty shitty team. And this wow, is my, that is a terrible team. This <laughs> is a terrible team. Uh, and this is my starting lineup. I'm going small. I'm going with uh, <laughs> I'm going with uh, Vince. I'm going with Danielle, Jose Calderon, Jeremy Lin, and Mikel Petrus. Uh, wow. Wow. Mikel Petrus really? is like my 3 and D guy. Wow. Uh, I wanted to put uh, Muggsy, but that, that starting lineup would just be so small. So I, yeah. I, I needed some size. Petrus is basically the center on this team. Okay. Okay. Right? Let me, so let me take a shot at this. Let's see. I would do uh, Vince Carter, Jose Calderon. Um, hey, don't sleep on Daniel Marshall too. The greatest warrior Raptor of all time. Uh, if you need me to read his stats, I have it right here. No, uh, no, no, no. Uh, I would put, I'd put Barbosa in the game, um, even though he came the off the bench lineup? a lot. In the starting lineup, yeah, 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 yeah. Because okay. right. um, I'm going small too, and I would put. Man, this is slim pickings. <laughs> I'm like really looking is. for a big guy, and there is no big guy. Um, I, I'll put Daniel Marshall and Chris Boucher. Um, because Whoa, he's the only Chris tall person. Boucher. Yeah, I mean, Jason Thompson wasn't very good. I'll take Chris Boucher uh, just uh, for sheer potential because there's no one else on this list who I remotely like that much. I sure as hell ain't putting um, Alfonso McKinney in, on that team. Well, <laughs> on, I'll, in that I'll say uh, that Chris Boucher is who I thought Carlos Rogers would be. Like, man, I thought Carlos Rogers was going to be so good. And I think where he's the he's the one we picked with the we traded Sharunas for the Carlos Rogers pick. Uh, yeah, I I was hoping I was hoping that he'd be like, uh, you know, that athletic power forward center type that was the trend at the time. So I, I thought he'd be like a a decent replacement, but obviously he wasn't. Vubang also said that he was high on Car- Carlos Rogers, and I was high, but like. Not to the point where I actually, you guys really sound like you thought he was going to be like really good, you know? Like I thought he'd be like helpful, but. um, Because back then, like you just had to run around and dunk, right? Like uh, block some shots and you you would just be impressed by that. And yeah, he did that. He he dunked and he blocked shots. (laughs) Like he wasn't good, but, but it was like, ooh, if he just develops. And he he played 20 minutes a game, which is kind of. Wow. Is that more than Wiseman right now? <laughs> Man, I remember that season because the Warriors started out seven and one. 
with Hardaway and Sprewell, and then they just became awful, and then they traded Hardaway. That 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 was those were some bad times. That was yeah, really so, bad times. Anyway. I, and <laughs> the other person, I mean, you know, Cliff Rozier, I I really liked him in that his rookie season. Like uh, apparently, like there was all these things going on with him, and um, he had some mental health problems and substance mm. abuse later on he passed away a couple of years ago um mm-hmm. but uh yeah i really i i mean it's the story of the warriors in the 90s it's it's like oh they're gonna be so good you know he was gonna be that like you know backup big who could grab boards and you know eat the glass and yeah because when the warriors uh were decent in the beginning of that decade they had guys like that, you know, whether it was like a big Vic or a Chris Gatling or, um, you know, a Tom Tolbert, like guys who weren't, you know, or even Larry Smith, you know, um, in the late eighties, it's like they Cliff Rozier was kind of like those dudes, but uh, yeah. I don't really remember, uh, how he ended up leaving the team or all that stuff. But, you know, he, he seemed like in that line of, of solid, you know, thick, power forward role players, you know what I mean? Because the Warriors never had great forwards, right? It was always like the, the small guys, you know? So, um, but that's a whole nother podcast, man. Like yep. year by year, by year reliving, reliving the, the nineties. Should we do that season by season? Definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. I know which season there's two seasons I want to talk about. So yeah, he down some self-flagellation. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be rough. If you thought uh, talking about 2019 was hard and a cloud of emotion, yeah. you talk about the nineties. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's going to be rough. All right. Well, that was a very, very, uh, helpful cathartic episode of the oakland warriors podcast at least for for us right yeah it's good okay um so pain hasn't uh, gone away but it was good yeah be sure to rate subscribe leave a comment check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to subscribe and listen the oakland warriors podcast is produced by national film society that's it Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. <laughs>